Good afternoon. How are you? Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us. I'm sitting in for Alan Carter during his show from a noon to one here again today. Is Alan busy covering off on the morning show? And let's begin with baseball season. It kicked off officially yesterday and throwing out the opening pitch. Have you seen this? It went viral. It was everywhere online uh, yesterday. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who, of course, is the uh, leading coronavirus expert in the U.S., he threw out the first pitch of the, albeit shortened, baseball season. And, well, it wasn't very good. Have a listen. So what you'll see from baseball 2020, we get a real good feel for tonight. And now one of the more well-known Washington National fans, Dr. Anthony Fauci, to throw out the first pitch. <laughs> That's right, Dr. Anthony Fauci, as we welcome Mary and Robin. Have you guys seen this online? Because I love the reaction, just hearing the audio from the fans, because it was kind of like a, and then, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll give him some applause. Come on, he's a doctor, not a baseball player. Give him a break. That's right. That's right. <laughs> He's doing True so enough. much good elsewhere. And we can't expect people to be great at everything. But, man, oh, man, was he ever off that base. <laughs> he, he was throwing it to somebody in the stands. Here's a souvenir ball, lady. You know, whoever's back there, the media or somebody, he was not throwing it over home plate. That was crazy. Oh, Mary, you're absolutely right. It's almost as if he was throwing it to somebody in the stands rather than Fauci. Dr. Fauci, you're supposed to throw it to the catcher who's standing oh. right in front of you there, please. Maybe oh. we should have advised him of that. I, I don't know. But I think that actually, well, first of all, it brings to mind one of the most famous movie quotes of all time, the great Bob Euchre, Major League. Yes. Just a little outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but yes. I think Fauci is now up there. He's, I would say, top five in worst opening day pitches or ceremonial first pitches. For me, number one, far and away, is still 50 Cent. Have you seen that one? No, tell us. What happened? Um, it made uh, Fauci's pitch look like it was a fastball straight down the middle. <laughs> it, it is so bad. Fiddy's uh, first pitch, opening pitch, is so bad. I think he actually, pardon the pun, threw it. He actually wanted it to be that bad, knowing it would go viral. Because oh, it literally no. leaves his hand and like, goes uh, like in a 90-degree angle. It goes on the other side. Oh my There's gosh. no way you could throw it that bad unless you were trying. Uh, also making some news, have you guys seen uh, Seattle? They've uh, unveiled their brand new logo and NHL team uh, nickname. Going into next season, they will be known as the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. And I know, yeah, everyone's next question is, what is Kraken? What? Huh? That's exactly what, what I was about to ask. Yeah. You know what, uh, Rob? Good thing that uh, we've got a sailor amongst us because uh, Mary knows <laughs> this stuff. Because Kraken has got something to do with uh, with the water, with the ocean. Right, Mary? It's a mythical, a mythical sea creature that will grab you with one of its many tentacles and drag you to Davy Jones' locker. You do oh my, not want to encounter the Kraken. It's a mighty sea-faring beast. I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great that they chose that name. I love the Kraken. And again, it's mythical. It doesn't really exist. It's mythical. I mean, you know, there's been some big octopus and, uh, you know, some would say maybe there's some connection to Loch Ness, but uh, it is, it is mythical. It is mythical. Yeah. 
Okay, it does not really exist, but uh, I guess uh, the mascot opportunities abound then, right? Is that one of the reasons? I mean, not only yeah. is it menacing, as you've described, but uh, obviously they can have a pretty good mascot and logo with the, with the Kraken. That's right. They can do anything they wish. And I, I thought that they did a really good job with uh, the logo. They sort of got the eye of the beast there. Uh, you know, they've got some shadows because it lurks in the, you know, the depths unknown. And they don't just come and grab you. I can hardly wait for the throwdown between the Kraken and Gritty from the Philadelphia Love Flyers. Gritty. Yeah, that, that's going to be a mascot throwdown for the ages, uh, I think. But anyways, the Seattle Kraken will begin play in 2021. When that will be, we have no idea because we still have to get through this NHL season, which, of course, the puck drops uh, here in Toronto and in Edmonton on August the 1st. And uh, speaking of hockey, coming up a little later this hour, we're going to talk to uh, one of our favorite former NHLers, Nick Kiprios. He is a standing by, and he will join us to uh, talk, amongst other things, about this great fundraiser he's a part of for a Princess Margaret uh, Cancer Center. He's going to join us, Nick Kiprios, coming up uh, just after the uh, bottom of the hour to talk about uh, uh, Legends Live. So that's uh, coming up. But first, speaking of sports, today, of course, was supposed to be day one of the Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. They, of course, postponed due to the pandemic. And perhaps nobody knows the disappointment of athletes more than Marnie McBean, who, of course, is a former Olympian herself. And she has penned an open letter to all of Canada's Olympic hopefuls. And Marnie McBean joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Marnie, good afternoon, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, hi, everyone. All right. Uh, what is your message to uh, Canada's Olympic athletes in this uh, open letter? <laughs> Well, what I, what I wrote to the team was, um, this is your story. Uh, I competed at the 92 and 96 Olympics, the 2000 Olympics. I went, I had an injury and I, I've been telling those stories for decades, which is kind of hard to say, but yes, I've been telling those stories for decades and whatever has happened or not happened in the last, uh, five months, whatever is going to happen in the next 365 days. You know, this is also going to be part of their story. So really to embrace it and to not wait for something to happen, not wait for someone to say, okay, we're back to sport, but to take advantage of this and to, and to work on themselves, whether it's their mental health, their physical health, their education, their careers. Um, many of them are actually have, have been doing enough training at home um, that as they're getting back into gyms, they actually are posting personal bests. And, and finally, many of them are also realizing that in having been told that they can't do their sports for the last couple of months, they are being reminded about how much they love their sports. And they just uh, are really passionate about the lifestyle and, and the opportunities that they've had. You know, I love what you said in the letter about plans, basically telling athletes you had a plan. Okay. And it was put on hold. And Marnie, it kind of reminds me of the old adage, uh, life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Yeah, right. We, we generally an Olympic athlete knows that uh, it's not going to go smoothly. There's going to be injury. There's going to be selection. You know, there's, there's always, there's politics, there's finances, whatever. It's, it's always going to get in the way of your perfectly laid plan to get to the top of the podium. Um, I remember having uh, Alex de Petit, uh, one of our uh, like fantastic um, Olympic divers, give his advice to the team. Um, I think it was the team for the 2012 Olympics. And he said, uh, have plan A, but be prepared to use plan B, C, and D. And in like, we're up to plan Q, R, S, T at this point. <laughs> um, but it's, 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 you know, 
we need to be flexible. And, and I think the things that uh, Olympic athletes have always known is to accept change and challenge um, and to more than accept them, uh, we anticipate them. And, and, you know, Canadian athletes now feel part of a bigger team right now, the 37 million people who are Team Canada, who are all at home, who are as, as a team, we are nationally trying to lower the infection rate and, and get a, a handle on this. Um, and as we do that together, uh, that's that's the most important thing that we we recognize that that's our that's our bigger team. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of my takeaways from reading your open letter. I mean, not only is this part of what being an elite athlete, an Olympian is about, but it's also something that I think minor sports in general teaches us and what we're all facing as Canadians right now, really uh, the entire world. We're facing adversity and it's about rising to the challenge. Yeah, you know what, that's right. And I, I think this is reminding us, um, so as we watch the professional sports get back and they have the, the deep pockets to do this and the resources, um, what we're seeing the our, our Olympic athletes, who they're, they're also professional athletes. The word amateur was actually taken out of the Olympic Charter a long time ago. Um, but we do uh, treat our Olympic athletes differently. We, we hold them to a higher standard. Um, because they are the the young men and women who live next door, and and through this pandemic, um, and the stay at home, they they've been showing that they are way more than just like a two dimensional performer on a field or in a pool and a lake, um, in a gym. Uh, you know, we have athletes who have been able to um, be present and become valedictorian of their class. We have athletes who are uh, starting MBA programs. We have athletes. Uh, who have organized peace rallies for uh, black lives. They're, they're, they are so happy to be home and to contribute to the, the black community that they're part of and other athletes, Canadian athletes know a lot about um, the importance of being allies through that. Uh, but I think Canadian athletes are really uh, embracing the opportunity to be home. And instead of being spectators to uh, what's going on in their communities, but to contribute uh, to the health, the safety, and, the, and the, the strength of their communities. Yeah, and to that point, Marnie, is, this, is it really about perspective that you could choose to see this as a setback and get really frustrated as an athlete, and that is understandable that uh, you've been training so hard for so long to peak at a certain time, but you could also, I guess, flip the script, and you just mentioned a second ago that some athletes have been busy training hard and setting new personal bests. So you could see this as an advantage that you've got another year to get that much stronger, that much faster. Oh, yeah. And, you know, all the all, all of the athletes globally were 150 days from this moment, right? It's, it's been about just a, like about that since we, we sort of sent everybody home. And um, for some athletes, that was... You know, for all athletes, it, the oxygen left the room. And for some were, who were at the end of their career, they're like, I was just hanging on. But what we've done is we've gone and give them um, a year to rest and recover. And, you know, sometimes I say that Olympic athletes are somewhat duct taped together and just like barely making it to the, the start line and the finish line. In this situation, they've had time to recover. And um, it's amazing. Our younger athletes our, our swimmers are, um, on average, younger. It, we, have, we have a young swim team. And so another year allowing our whole swim team to get older and stronger um, and more capable, that's, that's to our advantage. Uh, we have a lot of athletes who've just decided, like, let's, let's make this an advantage and let, let's figure out how to use this to, to our advantage. 
Um, and so the athletes are posting these personal bests. Uh, it's it's because they figured out how to do really crazy things. Like we have a, an athlete in Saskatchewan who, uh, you know, they brought hay bales in and dropped them into, um, they actually did it in a square, dropped down a tarp. And she was able to like tread water like a water polo athlete needs to do and was whipping balls at nuts and targets. You know, um, around we have athletes, uh, swimmers who've been out in like <laughs> the, 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 the smallest of backyard pools, which are hilarious. Um, <laughs> and they, they've been getting training in there. We, we have, you know, our rugby team and water polo team, um, instead of just doing Zoom meetings to talk amongst themselves, they've also been reaching out to their community. So, like, this is how you can be, like, do rugby exercises at home. So, yeah, are you hopeful, uh, Marnie, sort of that the games are going to happen a year from now in 2021? Uh, is this all dependent, do you think, uh, upon a vaccine? Uh, well, a vaccine certainly um, is the easy button in the conversation. Um, I, without question, things need to change from where they are right now. We need we need a global improvement in where we are right now. Like, there's a reason we postponed the games. The games could not happen today. Um, a vaccine will certainly make things um, easier, but it's going to be only one of the uh, management modalities that we're going to need uh, within a year. I think for a long time, we're going to be doing, uh, like I said, management and prevention modality, modality. So so maybe Fauci's pitch went crazy because he didn't think the pitcher, the catcher had washed his hands properly, right? Maybe he's like, you, you look <laughs> like you're, you have a mask on, you have washed your hands, I will throw the ball over over to you. Um, but, you know, sort of to bring it back, I, I think um, a vaccine will make it easier. Certainly, we have to lower the infection rate globally. Um, the Tokyo Organizing Committee has already announced they have um, up like close to, if not over 200 different simplifications that are going to happen. And I, I think with a question, even when the Olympics happen in July 2021, they're going to look really different. The Olympic Games are going to look significantly different. The opening ceremony, the closing ceremony, how uh, there are celebrations around the Olympic city, that's going to look significantly different. But the Olympic competition, what happens on the field of play, what the athletes have been training for um, in and out of uh, quarantine and, and isolation, what the athletes have been training for um, is the Olympic competition, and that's going to uh, look uh, extraordinary, as it always has. For sure. And in the meantime, this open letter to all of Canada's Olympic, Olympic hopefuls, some great words not only for them, but certainly worth the read for uh, all of us. Marty, thanks so much uh, for the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for um, focusing on Olympic sport. You bet. There goes uh, Marnie McBean, obviously a former Olympian herself, and the chef de Michon for uh, Team Canada, as today should have been day one of the uh, Tokyo Olympics.